all the listeners joining me today. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of And She Did It On Her Period. Whether you heard the podcast name and were so intrigued to find out what this chick was talking about, or you genuinely want to hear about the plights of females in historically male-dominated career fields, I appreciate your presence nonetheless. While I personally am not in a field that has been historically male-run, there are plenty of badass women that are, and I felt that they deserved a platform to share their experiences. Rosie the Riveter might have been the image that drove women to feel comfortable and accepted in joining the World War II efforts, but there's no need for her driving energy to die down. Because ladies, and I genuinely hope you're saying this with me at home, who run the world, girls? Now, before we introduce our featured guest, I would like to issue a trigger warning to listeners in regards to post-traumatic stress and sexual trauma. While neither of these topics are depicted in depth in the episode, everyone experiences triggers differently, and I would like to account for all variants of triggering language. Now, our show's first guest happens to be one of the strongest and most driven women I know. Please join me in welcoming Christina Mandriata to today's episode. Hello, thanks for having me. Hi, Chris. Of course, thank you. Um, so for the first segment of the show, I would like to you to describe your field of work, but I would love to have you do it in the worst possible way that you can think of. Um, we're going to see if listeners can guess what it is that you do before we dive into our interview segment today. Uh, on that note, I play with body parts for Uncle Sam. Is that what you had in mind? <laughs> okay. That was perfect. Thank you. I hope everyone has tried to figure out what they think that means. But Chris, with all that being said, I am going to ask because you're the only one that really knows what it is that you do. What field are you in and what is your job? So I'm going into nursing, but I'm going into nursing for the United States Air Force. Do you know like where you're going to be yet? What stationing? Um, from what I know right now, I could go to either Arizona or Texas for orienteering and then I'll be sent off to my actual assignment for the first four weeks. So I would categorize myself as a military nurse, a okay. future military nurse. Future military nurse. So how long have you been in your field? Well, as a student, Three years now. Well, going on four. Have you always wanted to be in nursing? Actually, no. When I was in high school, I didn't think I was going to be able to go to college, and I was planning on enlisting anyway because I was in JROTC, and when you do JROTC in high school, you can actually get kind of like a pay raise okay. or rank up easier because you have experience, so I was going to do that. I had a mentor that pulled me and told me about the scholarship and said, go to college, stupid. <laughs> and I ended up getting the scholarship and decided, oh, I think I want to go into the medical field and here I am. Honestly, it's it's awesome just knowing that that, that is always an option out there for you guys and that you're able to specialize in nursing mm-hmm. and still do the military. I'm really lucky to have combined two things that I wanted to do in, I think, the best way possible. Okay. I'm surprised that you have time, though. Those are two very... Oh, I don't. <laughs> okay. Have there been any moments in your time with ROTC where being a woman made you feel like an outsider? Well... The military as a whole is traditionally men and is still a lot of men. I'm thankful to be in a branch, the United States Air Force, where about 20% of its members are female versus a branch like the Marines, which Mm -hmm. only has 4%. So given that, and it's reflected in ROTC as well, that about one in every four cadets are women. So it can be kind of disorienting at first because it looks like a boys club, but most of them have been generally accepting, especially in my detachment. I have never had a problem in my detachment personally with that issue, but I have seen it um, in other forms of training as well as heard about it from other girls and other detachments. But I think a lot of that depends on where you are. Mm-hmm. Attitudes change based on your area, based on the people there. And the biggest thing is the leadership. Okay. If you have a leader 
or people that look up to somebody else that sets that tone, that's going to be the tone. But we've been really thankful to have a very good zero tolerance policy to anything sexual assault, anything discriminatory, anything putting other kids down. It's a good environment to make sure that everybody gets the chance to find their leadership style. I'm really glad to hear that. We don't always hear about it being such a positive experience, especially in something that is that is like the military. You're right, it, it was a boys club. I, I was doing research for one of the segments later and I just, I found out so much stuff about like when women got involved mm -hmm. and how early they did get involved. And a lot of people didn't even know that. And the amount of veterans that are women, it's incredible. It's not a field that you necessarily see yourself as reflected in, but it, has not deterred you at all from doing what it is that you do? Oh no, I think that if anything, the military has helped me with nursing because nursing, even though it's a traditionally female field, you have to work a lot with doctors, mm -hmm. which are traditionally a male field. And a lot of kind of old school doctors or old school nurses, there's these attitudes of like, the doctor can yell at you, that's who's in charge, even though it's the nurse who's at the bedside and is really seeing what's going on with the patient. So. Being able to kind of have that environment to grow and like learn how to speak up and not be afraid to like put my foot down and stand up for what I think. It's nice to kind of have that little environment to play around with and figure out what my style is. I'll have that practice and not make those mistakes. Honestly, the fact that you have that practice too, especially right now, you know, we're in, we're in a global Pandora's box, still in it. And I feel like for a lot, a lot of medical students, you know, they're not getting as much time that they need in person. Yeah, I don't know how it's been in nursing, but I know that you guys were like kicking ass last year because they were trying to get you guys involved with the COVID relief effort. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful to the nursing school here because they were able to get us in-person clinicals for the mm -hmm. most part and some in-person labs. It's just interesting to see the nurses kind of work like that under such pressure and under the conditions. I think that we really did get a special experience there in the hospital. Mm -hmm. ROTC unfortunately was mostly online, but it was also pretty crazy seeing how we managed to shift and then send an entire class and a half of cadets to field training. To see that we could do all that and train people online and still have some people do really well and get distinguished graduate from our mm -hmm. detachment after being completely online is also astounding. That is, it is phenomenal. All right, I'm gonna move, move into a little bit of a different sphere. Was any of your training different from your male peers? The only time that it's ever been like different outwardly is when we're doing a physical fitness assessment. Most of the time, that's, that's really it to be honest, or yeah. just doing the height and weight for that sort of thing. Okay. Do you guys have different like requirements of you in terms of testing and your physicals and all that stuff? Yes, for me, they just changed it. So I have to be able to do 15 push-ups in a minute, 35 sit-ups in a minute, and then run a mile and a half in under about 16, 20, which is not bad at all. Right. Versus the guys, I think theirs is for the muscular strength components, close to twice as much. Oh, wow. And then closer to a three minute. So a 16 minute mile and a half shouldn't be too bad for most people, but it's everybody's different experience. Mm -hmm. Nursing also kind of comes into play there too, because on one hand, some people be like, that's unfair. Like, that's not how it is. But you could see in most studies, as well as how the muscular composition mm -hmm. are, women versus men, that there is a difference. And I think that those standards should accommodate that. And by bringing women up to the men's standard, it would disqualify a lot of women from being in the service to begin with, and I think that would just hurt the cause that the people that were doing it were initially trying to. It is nice to hear that even though you guys have different criteria, that it's not created any 
sort of negative behavior between anyone, right? No, it's never been like, well, that was pretty good for a girl. I've never really seen that. And even though the guys are usually faster, we all kind of get within the same range for the most part. I, I've definitely smoked some guys on the run. Damn straight, girl. For some reason, military spending is traditionally considered like more of a conservative idea. Right. But a lot of people don't really look at the breakdown of what military spending is. Yeah, we put a lot of money into weapons, but a lot of that money goes into just the infrastructure of existing. We do pay people, so people don't believe that to have a salary. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, you just live for free and eat for free. Like, no, like, we get money. Like, it's a job. I don't think people realize that a lot of that goes into the breakdown. And hundreds of thousands of people are in the military. So you have to pay for hundreds of thousands of people to be in the military as a huge, you're basically a huge company. Mm -hmm. You're paying for where they live because you're making them move around constantly. You're giving them really good health insurance. And all of that money has to come from somewhere. I think a lot of people don't completely understand the breakdown of the budget. Do we put a lot of money towards, like, guns? Oh, yeah. But, like, it's not all for that. But you're right. There are people doing jobs. You know, it, it is somebody's job. Outside of ROTC and, like, that environment, have you had people kind of talk to you about that? I've had some weird things <laughs> happen, like, on Instagram a couple times. I posted, hey, you should get your flu shot, which is in no way a political statement. No. It's free. You should definitely get your flu shot now because the healthcare system is under a lot of stress and COVID symptoms can be similar to flu symptoms sometimes. So if you can get your flu shot, it will not guarantee you not getting the flu at all, but it'll be helpful. Anyway, so I posted something like that and then some people swiped up on my story and were like, how could you say that? You're in the military and you shouldn't have a opinion. Oh, like, since when is the flu shot? Right. Like, why, <laughs> why is you? <laughs> why is something that is for our health being politicized? Mm -hmm. What does it mean to be a woman in the military? It just means that you're somebody that wants to serve your country just like everybody else. You either knew that you are going to do it or you happened into it and you stuck around, which is pretty great. It's nice to see, especially now versus in the past, such a large variety of different mm -hmm. kinds of people and the military is cool in that when you go to an assignment you meet people from all around the country i think that's the best part about it in a way because having so many different heads together in a room to work on a solution with such diverse backgrounds probably will make the best solution right so i don't think it's too different being a woman in the military it's part of who i am and it's something that I have to consider if I ever notice I'm being treated differently. Thankfully, never had any experience with that here at my detachment. I've seen it happen. Kind of felt like that before in different situations. Mm -hmm. But, like, where I am now is really, really great about it. Good. Rutgers and ROTC, you've got your shit together at the moment. Yes, we do. <laughs> Good job, guys. Um, so we're going to transition into our next segment. So I've got three myths or facts for you. Almost one-tenth of the United States veteran population is made up of women. Myth or fact? Fact. That is a fact. As of 2020, and it was shown that almost two million veterans were women, which is pretty freaking incredible at this point, that we've got like two million women who have served even just in the past hundred years. Okay, one in ten women answered yes when responding to a screening question about military sexual trauma. I think that's higher. If they're in the military, unfortunately, that is a big problem, so I have to say no. 
unfortunately you are right. Um, that is a myth. Not for reasons that I'm happy to report. Uh, it's actually the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs published a statistic in 2019 that one in three women, not one in ten, answered yes when responding to that screening question about MST. We do have to do programs to actively combat that statistic. So right now, even though the Air Force, I think, is phasing it out for something different, we do something called Green Dot, which is like bystander education, okay. like prevention of things like that. And it is shown to be effective in how they people feel comfortable in addressing those situations and their peers, but more people that we get aware of it yeah. and to understand how maybe some minor things that they think their friends are doing or saying they might have a bigger effect on somebody else or they might be a warning sign that something else might happen. I also, as a part of this, I wanted to make it very clear that the statistic exists for men in the military as well, unfortunately, but the number of men that responded yes when asked about military sexual trauma was one in 50. But it makes me very happy to note that there is information about it, there's training it's being done. very seriously. It's just unfortunate that it happens. If you guys are in active combat or you're sent out, regardless of what you're doing, you could still be dealing with a lot of traumatic situation. And that just happens to be one of them. So all of us that are not in the military should try to do our very best to make sure that you guys have the support that you need. All right, uh, last one I have for you. Women and men wear the exact same uniform when in combat. As of right now, facts until the body armor comes facts. out. This was actually a fact until 2020 when the military and its female employants decided it was time for a change. So women are just now starting to get body armor and suits for different branches of the military that actually allows them to move <laughs> in a way that is shaped more towards the female body. There's uh. little wins too, like uh, we finally got allowed to wear like braids and ponytails as okay. opposed to buns because there was such an issue with women losing hair, getting headaches at the end of the day, just a general discomfort that it was affecting their jobs and how they were when they were home that they finally allowed for that. With with restrictions, of course, like you can't have a super, super long right. ponytail, but interesting that as soon as that happened, so many women were taking advantage of it. And I myself do like to take a break every now and then from having it in the bun. So the bun wear. It's, it's the little things too. But the body armor is great. Well, thank you so much thank for, you for having me. Of course. Thank you everyone for tuning into the first installment of And She Did It On Her Period. I hope you choose to tune back in next week when I talk to Jordan Conrad about her experiences being a woman in her field. To all the women out there that are listening, keep going about your days being the badass bitches that I know you all are. Show everyone out there what you do and why you do it. Because without you and all that you do, the world would be a much less functional place. To all the men out there that I hope are listening, the next time that you want to complain that a job is too difficult or that you're feeling a little under the weather and therefore need to call in sick, remember your female coworker, female peer, or female counterpart that showed up to do the exact same job as you, and remember that she did it on her period. Nation.